going on everyone it's Kalem back here and um, welcome back to my podcast and I'm so excited for today's message uh, it's just a message that's really just changed my life um, lessons that really changed my life and um, so last week I started this podcast and last week I talked about the gospel and how it is the good news of how God saved his people through the life death and resurrection of his son Jesus Christ and after that, if you were with me last week, you remember that I invited that I invited those who had never accepted Jesus in, into their hearts or had never been Christian or had been Christians and had never really heard the gospel and had never really had Jesus dwelling within their hearts to finally accept him, to accept the gospel and to accept him as Lord and Savior over his life, over their life. And and it was it was a great moment because the Bible says that even one person getting saved causes heaven to rejoice. They rejoice over even one person. All I, all he really cares is if one at least if at least one person gets saved, that's enough to rejoice about. And wow, what what an amazing God we serve. I'm just I'm so thankful. So this is amazing and of course it is the best decision you could ever make. But now we get to a point where we have to ask the question now what? What do we do now? And the reason we ask this is the reason we ask this is because even though it's easy to say that we are Christians, that doesn't always mean we actually are Christians within our hearts. It's like it's like if you have a girlfriend or you have a best friend, you can't you guys don't have a relationship just because you say I have a relationship. You can't just say, Oh yeah, I love my girlfriend. Yeah, she's amazing, but is that really anything if you're not showing it, if you're not putting the effort into that relationship to work? You know, it's it's just like that, just like how it is with relationships. It's the same way with God. And with last week's episode and today's episode, I want uh, today's message and last week's message to be basically a prerequisite to an eight-part series that is following this next episode that we're going to start next week. It's an eight-week eight series called The Christian Lifestyle. And so in today's video, which I want to focus on today, uh, I basically want to give a lesson on how to work at your relationship with God the right way. So what the Bible says in Matthew 7, uh, verses 15 through 20, he says, Jesus is, is talking. He says, beware of false prophets who come, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Remember that. Are grapes gathered from thorn, bush, thorn bushes or figs from the thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down. And thrown into the fire thus you will recognize them by their fruits so with this with with this passage in mind uh, today's episode is called be fruitful and this means to make it evident that we are in a relationship with God it's like when when two people are married when a boyfriend and girlfriend uh, are engaged or are, are married get married they wear a ring 
this is why when we when we propose to her, if you're a guy, you propose to your girlfriend um, or a girl to a guy. <laughs> I don't know much of those, but it happens apparently. Uh, how they symbolize that engagement to be married, to become one flesh, is with the ring. So it's like that. It's like being fruitful is is like wearing a ring to show everyone that you're in a relationship with God. And in order to talk about that, to make your life be like a ring to show everyone that your relationship with God, uh, that you actually have a relationship with God, I, I can't think of a better book to study than the book of James. And I love I love that the book of James focuses on this because I love how there's credibility to to the, to this book. And the reason the reason I say that I'll explain it right now is James was mentioned in the Bible. He's the brother half brother of Jesus. He was the son of uh, Joseph and Mary and it actually mentions that him and his brothers, which one of them was Jude who wrote another epistle, which we'll talk about in later on in the, in the future after plans for it, but it mentions that his brothers actually did not believe that he was the Christ. They did not believe that he was the Messiah until after they saw him when he resurrected. And I and I love that how this backstory of James gives credibility to what he talks about here, about being fruitful, about um, having a faith that is so evident uh, because it shows he, he's saying, hey, I want I want you to not I want you to show and make it evident that you have a relationship with God, that you are safe, that you do believe that he's a Messiah because I was once once one of these. And the way he does this is uh, we're going to start in uh, chapter one. In verses 22 through 24, the verse I'm referring to when I say all this is he says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. So this brings me to the first point of today's message about how to be fruitful. Number one. Let the word dwell within you. James uses the analogy of a mirror because mirrors are how we look at ourselves. And when we look at ourselves in that mirror, we see what we can't see with our own eyes. Like you're able to see what's in your hair because your eyes can't physically see uh, what's in your hair. So you would look at your hair and you're like, oh, let me fix that. You get a comb, fix it up. Um, If you can't, you can't see anything on your cheek with your own eyes, but if you have like, let's say chocolate right there and you see in the mirror and you see that it's chocolate, you fix it. But I love that he's using this analogy because he's saying how it's so easy to look in the mirror and see obviously what we need to fix, but that we that sometimes we refuse to do so. And he's saying that he's telling us to be a reflection of what the word says, to not just look at it and just, oh, admire it. You need to see, you need to see, uh, apply the word to yourself and say, what is God telling me to change about my life? What is he telling me to do? What kind of example is he calling me to be that I'm not being already? And I love how this just goes deep into the fact that, you know, even following Jesus, following the Bible, it's not even about following a set of rules. It's about following what God says to do out of obedience. Because when you love God, obedience will flow out, out, out of there, even when no one is watching. And this is an example of being fruitful because when you do what the Lord says in his, in his word, 
out of the abundance of your heart, because out of love for him, this will show that he's really Lord over your life. Because in Romans 10, he's saying that if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead and confess with your tongue that he is Lord, you will be saved. A lot of people overlook that. When you are saying Jesus is Lord, you're literally saying he has authority over your life, which means you follow him. And in a later episode, you know, in a, in a later episode that's part of the series, I'm going to talk about reading your word. But to basically sum it up in this context, it's important to be in the word constantly so that you may know what the Lord has already spoken through his word. So how do we know what kind of example to be? This is why it's important to constantly be in the word and seeing and seeing it as a mirror, as what is it? What is God telling me? I need to demonstrate today. And that's why James says in in chapter 3, uh, verse 18, he says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse, you, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And this verse leads to point two, to be an example of, of Christ's character. James says in chapter 3 verses 8 through 9 he says, "But no human being can tame the tongue. It is rest it is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God." So there's another verse in Jeremiah, I think it's in Jeremiah, I always forget. <laughs> there's so many verses in there I have in my head, but he says that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So basically, when you put those two together, you're realizing that he's saying our hearts, which are the abundance, the mouth speaks, it's inherently evil. He's basically saying there's no way out of it. We're naturally, we're evil people. So how do we fix that? He says, and it was in the previous verse that we, that we saw how, that he says how. He says um, to submit ourselves to God fully. And resist the temptation that the enemy gives us to follow our sinful nature. Because when we resist, when we submit ourselves to God, despite desires we desperately have, we resist them and follow what God says to do. It's it's interesting because <laughs> this is easier said than done. But I know I know it's easier with God saying, with you having God, with you loving God with all your heart. But sometimes you even need to like realize, yes, me resisting this temptation, it is going to hurt and it is going to be painful for our flesh. But I'm submitted fully to God. He is Lord over my life. He has the final word. He has the first word and he has the final word. And so I'm going to do what he says. And, and he goes further and James goes further into this in verses 10 through 11. He says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. In this verse, he's, he's, really, he's asking us to do the impossible, to show our fruits to others by demonstrating God's love to them. It's and for humans that's almost impossible. It's like how can we how can we love even those that we have bad judgments about, those that we don't even like? And 
it, it's it's like I already said, it's to submit to God and be an example of his character rather than our nature's characters. And it that's why in the in this passage that I just read, he says, humble yourselves, therefore, uh, before the Lord. He's saying, basically, submit yourselves. Stop thinking of yourself as higher than God. And, th- and remember, this is why Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. It's not that they ate the apple. It's that they wanted to be autonomous. They wanted to choose for themselves what was right and wrong. But when he says to humble ourselves before the Lord, he's saying, Submit yourself and just accept that your way is not better, but his is. And this is really how we overcome that evil nature in us when we're fully submitted to God. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, which means the more that you seek the Lord and you're submitted to him saying, you know what? I want to do what you want me to do. I'm all for you. And I just want more of you every day, every day. God will give it to you. And even when we suffer by sacrificing, sacrificing our right to do whatever we feel we should do. God says in James chapter 1, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And this leads to the final point, which is number three, to change the way we see things. And I'm going to talk about this in a later episode, but part of our salvation journey of being a new creation is not just having a different heart, but having a different mind. Romans 12, 2, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is acceptable and good and perfect. And when he says, do not be conformed to this world, he's saying, to not think like the rest of the world. This is an example of being fruitful and showing that you're a disciple of Christ by the way you think because it stands out as different from the way the rest of the world thinks. And changing the way you think, James starts with this in chapter 1. He to be to count all sufferings and trials with rejoice. It's so weird to to the world to be joyful in bad situations. And this is where a transformation starts. It's crazy because we live in a world that's just so negative. That's always seen the bad everything. But we stand out when we see bad situations. And we rejoice seeing that. And that's really how we show and demonstrate God, God's word dwelling within us. God's spirit dwelling within us. And it's important to have that. To really show not only that we're fruitful, but that we truly are a new creation. Because not only are we different in the way we act, but we're different in the way that we think. And when we see trials as good for the bigger picture, it changes the way we see the world. To always remember that even in, even when times are bad, God is still good. And through that, we're able to show the joy of knowing Jesus and his grace that sustains us. So I pray today that if you take anything away from this message, even just one thing, that it would just be this. To be fruitful. To represent Christ in every aspect of your life. In the way you think, in the way you in the way your heart is, in the way you act. And not to do it just out of 
the attitude like, oh, I have to do this or I'm not going to inherit uh, heaven or I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to be a sinner. I'm going to be all of that. It's about doing it because you love Christ. And because you love Christ and you understand that he is Lord of all, that you will humble yourselves and say his way is better. It's better than mine. Yes, it hurts that I have to give up what my flesh wants, but this is better for me. And I'm going to do the hard thing and surrender myself fully to God. So, Father, I just pray for everyone listening and anyone even not listening that you would just humble our hearts, Father God, to realize that you are Lord of all. We thank you, Father God, that even in the hard times, we can still rejoice and know that you are good because the Bible says that you work all things for good to those who love you. So we thank you, God, that even the hard times, you are working for good, that even when we don't feel it or we don't see it, that you are always working, Lord God. I just pray that you would help your word to just dwell within us, that we would just listen to what you have said in your word and that we would not take it for granted, but that we would just let it dwell within us and transform the way that we think. We ask that you transform our hearts today and that you transform our minds to be more of an example of who you are and who you've called us to be. We praise you and we thank you every single day. We love you. And in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching. Next week, we start our new, our new eight-part series called The Christian Lifestyle. So I'm really excited for this series. So see you all next week. Have a blessed day.